Good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. I just want to mention a reminder that I am looking forward to being together with you tomorrow night, Thursday night, mining the riches of the Parsha, but please note it will switch to 8 p.m. And then there is a different schedule over the next few weeks. And that different schedule is in the emails, on our website, on our Facebook. So please take a look at that and make sure that um, uh, you're there at the right time. But tomorrow night, March 24th, we will study together at 8 p.m. And I look forward to being with you. In order to observe Passover properly, it is necessary to stay abreast of new information and new techniques, methods of food production because the status of foods changes from year to year. Not as a result to changes in Jewish law, but in response to changes in food technology and food production. So I'd like to mention just a few updates to keep in mind as you are starting your grocery shopping for Pesach this year. And I do plan to share more of these as they arise, but this is what I am aware of so far. As you know, Ashkenazim and many Sephardim do not eat kitneos. Kitneos is a very large category of food, actually several categories of food that includes things like rice, and beans, and peas, and corn, among other products. Increasingly, products are produced kosher for Passover for those who do use kitneos, which is a very good thing for those people who use kitneos. But often, this labeling is not clear. Often it's only in Hebrew letters, not in English letters. And often the products are mixed up with other products. And so when buying groceries, it's very important to check each package to make sure if you do not use kidneys on Pesach, to make sure that in fact the product that you're using is not kidneys and is okay for you to use on Pesach. One uh, piece of news that has come out recently that will affect us, and that is Red Path powdered sugar has been mislabeled as kosher for Passover. Now, in general, normal sugar does not need any kosher supervision. Brown sugar always needs kosher for Pesach supervision because brown sugar can have a corn-based product, corn syrup, added to it for coloring. Not always, but it can. So brown sugar always needs kosher for Pesach supervision. And uh, icing sugar or powdered sugar always needs kosher for Pesach supervision because powdered sugar contains cornstarch which is kidneyos, in order to make it free-flowing. And this year, 
the COR in Toronto has announced that Red Path uh, um, powdered sugar, which is labeled kosher for Passover, in fact does have cornstarch and should not be used by anyone who does not have kidneyos. They say that they are correcting this situation, but again, if you buy any Red Path uh, um, powdered sugar, please be careful um, because uh, the notice is that it is problematic for anyone who does not use kidneyos on Pesach. New information. I just saw this yesterday, and that is for the first time ever, Heinz ketchup will be produced kosher for Passover. However, it is only for those who use kidneyos. So again here, I worry that people are going to see the headline, Heinz ketchup kosher for Passover, and not read the small print only for those who eat kidneyos. So please be careful. And just because it says Heinz ketchup, uh, do not purchase it if you do not use kidneyos for Pesach. The OU has announced some changes to its recommendations. And this is in the category of, well, what could possibly be the problem with so-and-so? And for all these years, we've simply assumed that it's innately kosher for Passover without any supervision. And now it turns out that methods of production have changed. I'll give you two examples. The first is sugar, granulated sugar. So we've always said that white granulated sugar is innately, inherently kosher for Passover. It does not need any kosher supervision. Until now. So what's happened is that it has been discovered that recently those places that are producing white sugar have started to use enzymes as part of the production process. Now, these enzymes are not ingredients, so they are not listed as ingredients in the product, but they are used in the formulation of the product. And it is possible, not certain, but it is possible that these enzymes might actually contain chametz. So, what the, if it is, then the amount that is added is very minuscule. So, what the OU is suggesting is that any granulated sugar that you purchase for Pesach should be purchased before Pesach starts, not on Pesach. So, let me explain the reasoning for that distinction, because that's a very important uh, concept in Jewish law relating to Pesach, and it has many, many applications. As a general matter, when we talk about kosher laws, there is a concept called bitul. Bitul means nullification or the presence of something that is insignificant. Famous example, you have a big pot of chicken soup, 
and it's cooking, and by accident, one drop of milk falls in to a large container of chicken soup. The milk is not noticeable. It doesn't change the flavor. It's less than one sixtieth of the volume. The rule is the resulting product is still kosher because that one drop of milk is batel. It's insignificant. It has no status. In different areas of kosher laws and for different purposes, the amount of what is considered insignificant can change. Generally, it's 1 to 60 based on volume. However, on Pesach itself, the amount is none at all. Even the smallest insignificant amount of chametz that even accidentally became added to a food even if it's not recognizable, even if you can't see it, even if it doesn't affect the taste, even the smallest amount renders the product on Pesach not kosher for Pesach. However, the same food, if that minuscule amount was added and you purchased the product before Pesach started, then when you purchase it, it is considered that's the moment that the offending product became batel, insignificant, nullified, and the resulting product is fine. An example of this that we have shared every year for many years is milk. Regular milk, whole milk or skim milk or 2% milk is innately kosher. It just comes from a cow. However, milk is has nutrients added to it. It's fortified with vitamins. Now, there is kosher for Passover milk that you can find in the grocery stores. And that milk is milk where the companies investigated those vitamins and additives to make sure there was no chametz in those products, even though the amount of the vitamins is parts per million, it's very, very small. But if it has kosher for Pesach certification, that means you can rest assured that they investigated those additives. And even on Pesach, you're allowed to buy it. However, milk, plain milk, either whole milk, skim milk, 2%, does not require supervision all year long. Any such milk is fine and does not require supervision for Pesach. But you should purchase before Pesach starts. So you should make sure to purchase all the milk that you're going to buy before Pesach starts. And the reason is the same reason. Because there are vitamins added, because unless it's supervised, there is a small chance that those vitamins might actually contain chametz. Therefore, as long as you buy it before Pesach starts, when you buy it, it is nullified, it is insignificant, and it's permissible to use on Pesach. So now, the same rule will apply to granulated white sugar that you should make sure 
If it has kosher for Pesach certification, it's fine to buy on Pesach. But if you're just buying a regular brand, which is fine to do, please try to remember to buy it before Pesach starts, not on Pesach itself. One more example. Bottles of water. What could be wrong with bottles of water? It's just water. Water is kosher for Pesach. It's kosher, it's kosher for Pesach. So that is true. Regular bottles of water. I'm talking about unflavored. Of course, if anything is flavored, the flavorings have to be certified with kosher for Pesach certification. But unflavored bottles of water are fine. You can buy them before Pesach. You can buy them after Pesach, uh, during Pesach. There's no problem whatsoever. It's just water. But there's a new product. And there is a product where it's bottles of water and the label will say plus minerals with minerals added to it. Now here we start to have the same problem as before. Of course, the amount of the minerals added is minuscule. But it is possible that those minerals might possibly contain some substance that is actually chametz. So the same year rule will apply. If you buy it before Pesach, it is certainly batel, it's nullified, it's insignificant, and you can use it on Pesach. But you should not purchase on Pesach bottles of water where the label says that minerals have been added to it. It's the same kind of a rule, but it applies in a new setting. Again, the law hasn't changed, but since the method of production has changed, the way that we relate to it has got to be different. There's another piece of news that I learned for this year, which may affect you, and that is this year... There are no national brands of yogurt that are kosher for Pesach. Of course, yogurt is a complicated product from the point of view of kosher all year long, and especially on Pesach. It needs to have specific kosher for Pesach, kosher for Passover supervision. This year, the major national brands have decided that it's not in their best interest to produce kosher for Passover runs. There are Jewish brands that are available kosher for Passover, so make sure you look for those. Make sure each container has kosher for Passover designation for yogurt this year. Now, this information that I'm sharing with you is important. It's necessary to stay abreast of this, as I mentioned, in order to observe Pesach properly and as I mentioned, I will continue to share updates as they become known to me. It's deserving of our attention. And I want to make it clear, like every year, I am available to you for any questions you may have. You can call, you can come by the office, you can send me a text, an email. I'm available under any circumstances for any questions that you have. But I would like to repeat a caution. 
I've mentioned before and I will continue to emphasize. For me as a rabbi and for rabbis all over the world, this is our tax season. This is our busy time. The phone does not stop ringing. The emails do not stop coming. And we love it. We look forward to this all year. Please don't ever hesitate to reach out with any kind of a question. First of all, it is an honor that I feel when someone turns to me with a question that they trust that the answer that I give them will be something they can rely on. That's a tremendous honor. It's a responsibility, but it's an honor. And it is an opportunity for me to be able to be in touch with many more people, which I enjoy and I appreciate. And there's another point, and I ask you to keep in mind, I learned this from one of my teachers, Rabbi Moshe Heinemann, who always told people, never hesitate to ask your rabbi a question in Jewish law because, listen, I studied this stuff for a long time. I studied this when I was in yeshiva in school. I continue to study this every year. I spend a lot of time doing this. When you ask me a question, I get to make use of the tremendous amount of time I spend working on this stuff. So it's a sense of gratification and appreciation to be able to put what I have learned to use, hopefully in the right way. So never hesitate to ask. At the same time, I do have to point out that in general, there is an imbalance in the questions that I receive and others receive. And I don't mean to have you hesitate before asking the question that you want to ask, whatever it is. But I do want to point out that there is a certain imbalance. Most of the questions that I get before Pesach are, what do I do to fulfill the commandments properly? What products to buy? What procedures to use? How to make sure that I'm doing it correctly? And that's very important. I love those questions. Keep them coming. But I get fewer questions about how do I use the details of preparing and observing Pesach to come closer to God? How can I make sure that the mitzvos that we are performing on Pesach are a gate that opens to allow us a closer connection to God and not a wall that simply exists in an end in and of themselves? There is a challenge, a pitfall with Pesach because Pesach lends itself to this imbalance because there are so many details to learn. There are so many details. And as I'm mentioning today, they change from year to year and new products and new questions come up all the time. So 
it is a pitfall because there is so much attention that must be given to these logistical questions of products and procedures. But I do worry about a person or a family who sits down to the Seder meal at the end of this period of preparing and thinks to themselves, all of my products are kosher for Passover. I sold my chametz properly. I cleaned properly. I ate the right amounts of each of the foods at the Seder. And thank God I did it. Now, that's very, very good. That's extremely important. That's tremendous. But did you also cry when you ate the marar, the bitter herbs? Did you feel both the sense of humiliation and elation when you ate the matzah? At the end of the Seder, do you feel more free than you felt at the beginning? Do you feel a sense in which you yourself went out of Egypt into freedom that night? Do you feel at the end of the Seder that you are more a servant of God than you were at the beginning of the Seder? Those questions are also important. And hopefully, the effort that we will expend on the products and the symbols and the labels and the details will not drown out the questions we will have about how we are making it meaningful. What effect is it having on us spiritually? One should never allow us to lose sight of the other. And I say to you and I say to myself because I face the same pitfall that we need to choose to observe Pesach in all of its details with updated information and the questions that we're asking as we ask every year. But there need to be new questions as well. And those questions about the products and the labels and the details need to be balanced with questions about the meaning, about incorporating, about the spirituality, about what the observance of Pesach is supposed to do for us moving forward in our spiritual lives. And I wish it for you and I wish it for me that this season of Pesach will start with reading the labels carefully, and staying updated on the information. But all of that will lead to a feeling of going out of Egypt personally this year. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.